And there's a production company, independent production company called Model Face Comedy. And Melissa Hahn runs the whole thing. She's a one-woman operation. She is a producer machine. I mean, unbelievable. If you work in comedy and you're good, you know Melissa. She hit me up and was like, hey, I'm trying to uh, find a feature for Bobcat for three days. And she was like, does Good Cop, Rad Cop want to do it? Because, like... He had apparently heard of who we were and she like mentioned our name and he was like, oh yeah, get those guys. She hit us up and I was like, yeah, we would be honored to go on the road with him for like three days. So yeah, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina on the Tuesday before the JJ show. And then she was like, can you do Chattanooga? And I was like, absolutely. Let me hit up uh, John Shoemaker and she booked the date for Bobcat. And then Thursday night, we're at the Bijou Theater in Knoxville. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, welcome in, everybody. It is the Stone on Air podcast for July 13th, 2023. You're just flying right on by. That was Ryan Darling from Good Cop, Rad Cop, who will join the show. You'll hear that conversation in its entirety in the third segment of the show. I'll lay out the rest of it and talk about things. That's what I do here every Thursday to thousands in the city of Chattanooga. Or dozens. It just depends on, you know, who you ask, I guess, and what metrics you're using. My name is Brian. You likely already knew that by now. At Stone on Air and all social media is how you can get a hold of me for whatever reason. And one of those social medias is, yes, now, Threads, which I will spend the second segment of the show going back in time to take a look at the timeline of social media and uh, where they came from, where they went, and where they are, and how Threads fits into this uh, puzzle. And it is an awkward piece to try to fit in because, uh, spoiler alert, it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's basically useless. I did a little short on it last week. You might have already heard it, and I'll stretch out on that in the second segment of the show, and then Ryan Darling will be with me. In the third segment, Bobcat Goldthwaite is going to be at JJ's on the the, the the 19th. Yes, JJ's Bohemia, a place I once spent much of my weekends uh, for many, many, many years for live local shows and traveling regional shows. And I have mostly outgrown that room. Uh, really, I have gotten old and the... Uh, the customer base, if you will, the audience has stayed quite young. And so I don't exactly fit in there anymore. And it's not exactly my scene on a regular basis, but this is a show I cannot miss. Will it be good? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea if it'll be good. My guess is it will be. And even if it's not, I am uh, looking forward to it very, very much. So as of press time, if you will, as of record time, Tickets are still available, but that will disappear and end any day, any moment now, as capacity is less than 100 
And uh, they're not super cheap. Um, they're not super expensive either. And in the world of uh, hyperinflation and every damn thing in the world is expensive as hell, I guess it just depends on how you grade what is or isn't expensive. So do the uh, the quick searches if you'd like. If that's something for you, I will see you there in less than a week. And that's also going to throw off next week's record time. I don't know. The show will be on Thursday. I'm not sure when it'll be recorded or what it'll be yet, but we'll all figure that out together next week so run down a few things here i will get you three pieces of audio it is a feud two of the pieces from uh, bobcat goldthwaite and jerry seinfeld that started in the 90s and it's pretty much over because jerry seinfeld doesn't care about somebody like goldthwaite and i don't know how much bobcat cares about seinfeld but i did not know that this was a feud until i was doing a little bit of searching over the last few days Somewhat a little bit funny, and then I'll get you one other piece of audio that has nothing to do with that. The coolest thing, all coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now. So, the huge scam that is Amazon Prime Day, they call it, and it's days, it's not just one. It might have ended yesterday, it might end today, it might end tomorrow, I have no idea. But I am now three months removed from being a Prime member, and I couldn't be happier. I have not missed it. It was a total waste of money for me, although I say that and I'm still finding myself wanting to, to get things or slash almost needing things like I could use some shop vac heads for like, you know, the brush and the connectors for the shop vac that Home Depot or Lowe's doesn't have or I just didn't feel like looking for or whatever. But so I, you know, that's a little annoying to not be, which I can still buy on Amazon, obviously, but it just feels like if you're not a member, you shouldn't. I don't know. That's not accurate, I'm sure. But um, I'm good without Prime. Also, though, except as soon as I uh, walk away from it, I see that there's a show that I would like to take a look at called uh, Louder Milk. And it is Ron Livingston, most known from his uh, incredibly awesome role from one of the best movies ever made, Office Space. And it's about a guy who's a recovering alcoholic who's a, um, I believe he's a writer, like a beat writer for a music scene or something like that. So um, I don't know. Maybe I will go back to Amazon as I've gone back to Netflix to rewatch Better Call Saul, which I'll get to here in a minute. The Emmy nominations are out if you care about that. But first, the All-Star Game was on Tuesday, the Major League Baseball uh, Midsummer Classic, as they call it. And I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any of it for the first time, and it is an official boycott. I And this is a real boycott. This is not fake outrage. But they've been doing this for a few years now. The players playing the game are now wearing uniforms, like that say American and National League, and there's no distinguishing uh, other than the hat has the logo of the team that they play for, but they're all the same color. It's the stupidest look ever. The game is already tough to watch to begin with, and the broadcast is pretty putrid. And if my team, my favorite players from my favorite team are not wearing the Braves uniforms, I'm not watching anymore. It's a for real boycott. I will never watch the All-Star game again until they put their home uniforms back on. I know it sounds silly, but it is true. So there you go. Not fake outrage, a for real boycott. Most people aren't watching it anyway, so nobody really cares. Uh, I have decided, talked about this recently, about how uh, I was in the market for a used car. And the more I look at this market, the more infuriated I get. And I have now said, enough. 
I'm not doing this. I'm not purchasing an outrageously priced car that is barely better than the one that I'm driving now. I have a Hyundai Sonata. It's a 2011. It's a very nice car. I mean, it's a very quality engine. It's a strong engine, a quality car. I hate it. I hate the body style, massive blind spots. The paint looks like hell. It's chipping off. The car looks like shit, but it drives well. It's got a, you know plenty of life left in it, so I'm just going to continue to drive a junk car like I have majority of my adult life. I am not getting into the car payments game, especially when the price tags are so absurd. I mean, if you haven't looked at this, don't bother unless you just absolutely have to because it's just like everything else. It's outrageous. It's out of control. The uh, Moon River uh, Festival lineup daily schedule was released. I'll give you a quick rundown of it coming in September the 10th or the 9th and the 10th. And I still don't understand how this festival sold out so quick. I don't get this lineup uh, as far as being super excited. It's fine. It works just fine for what they try to do. Headliner that night on Friday is Camp. Spell it with two A's. I'm familiar with their music. Headliner? Really? Marcus King is fine. It's a southern bluesy rock type of an act. And then a bunch of stuff I'm not all that familiar with. Hound Mouth, I have heard of. Goodbye Road, which I believe is the Drew Holcomb portion of the uh, festival. Does nothing for me on that Friday. And then on Sunday, the headliner is Hozier. I get that. I understand how popular he is. Uh, Nickel Creek was a headliner a couple of years ago, which I thought was kind of a pathetic headliner. Judah and the Lion, uh, first aid kit. Noah Cyrus, Miley Cyrus's uh, sister. Larkin Poe, pretty good uh, female outfit that played Riverbend a couple of years ago. And a couple others I haven't heard of. I am shocked. Just shocked that this thing sold out so quickly. And uh, good for them. I'm happy about it. Happy for them. But I just don't really get it. Uh, Let's see. What did I do with the Bud Light thing? Another follow-up on the continued fallout from Bud Light. They have plummeted to 14th place among beers as the Anheuser-Busch CEO pleads for customers to think of the 65,000 employees impacted by the boycotts. Oh, shut up. Um, their portfolio of alcoholic beverages, beers, and uh, PABs, as they're called, I can't even remember what that stands for, uh, premium adult beverage, that's what it is, is massive. And they're still having record profits with Modelo and Corona and many other brands. But a recent YouGov survey reveals the decline in Bud Light's ranking, casting it below competitors like PBR, Paps Blue Ribbon, Miller Genuine Draft, MGD, the rot gut that is MGD, and then, of course, ice-cold, delicious Miller Lite, still my favorite beer. One of the few things I very much miss about drinking is ice-cold draft Miller Lite, but they have now fallen below all three of those. PBR basically is trash beer. It's a fantastic uh, marketing and uh, logo and heritage brand, but the beer itself sucks, and seriously, did you even know MGD was still a brand? I, I mean, I did know because it's not, I work in the industry, but if I didn't, I would probably would guess that that's been a discontinued brand long ago. Well, Bud Light has now fallen below all of that. And don't worry about their damn employees. They're doing just fine. Don't, don't buy into the going, uh, go woke, go broke nonsense. People are more literally going broke 
fighting woke. The culture wars continue, and I will continue to stay out of that. Uh, the only local story I'll have for you today uh, outside of the uh, the local show with uh, Bobcat at JJ's next week is the new director of the library has been named. Who is it? What is his name? Why don't I have it here? Let it uh, Will O'Hearn. And I have spent some time on the librarians and the power structure there under the Burke administration. There was a lot of scandal, a lot of misappropriation of funds and money and trips and and just all kinds of stuff. I can't, it's been 10 years now. I can't even remember what it was. But now they have this guy. But I do have to ask this. Why does a librarian, I know I'm oversimplifying it, but why does the head librarian make 137 nine? A hundred, almost $138,000 a year to be the head librarian. I will always be a little bit uh, puzzled by that. And the Emmy nominations real quick. I'm only going to go through a few as I, uh, I have paid for Netflix for a month. I'll probably pay for it for one more month. It's almost $17 a month. I don't remember what it used to be. I've never actually paid for Netflix before. I've used other people's accounts, and I've only watched a few shows on there. It is a very quality streaming product. It absolutely is. And maybe I'll keep it for a little bit longer. I'm not sure. But um, I'm watching Better Call Saul again because it's just phenomenal. It's the greatest show I've ever seen. I thought I was being prisoner of the moment a year ago when the finale season series finale was hitting in August of last year. Uh, not at all. Show is so damn good. But all these unions, you know, get rid of your streaming services actually soon enough because new shows are going to stop. The writers have been on strike for a couple of uh, months now. The actors are about to go on strike as well. And if you've noticed, if you're watching any kind of regular television like uh, network television, which you're probably not, but if you are, you're going to see commercials nonstop. There's a $100,000 pyramid is back. There's a celebrity family feud. There's Johnny Knoxville's new show, something about pranks. It's not anything like Jackass. It's a terrible looking show. It's a bunch of game shows because they don't have to have writers for that. And the Emmys are in danger of not even being able to have an actual production of a television show to give these awards out because of these strikes. But I ran through it just to see a few television movie, um, Weird Al. There was a, a movie on uh, on him. I would have liked to have seen Dolly Parton as well. Uh, many of these secession is all over the place on here. Limited series or movie that Jeffrey Dahmer, which I believe is a Netflix or maybe it's Hulu. I'm not sure. Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story that was so po- wildly popular not long ago. I just I have a hard time going back. I know enough about the Jeffrey Dahmer story that I don't know if I need to watch a whole like ten part series on it. But uh, it was all the rage for a little while. But Better Call Saul finally getting a bunch of uh, well, they've had plenty of nominations, but they've never won. Hopefully this time around they will. Drama series Better Call Saul, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, which all the millennials love so much, and Secession, which I have a feeling Secession is going to win a ton of these. Lead actor. Um, Kieran Culkin from Secession, that's Macaulay's uh, brother, was absolutely dreadful in that show. I cannot believe he's up for lead actor in that show. Surely he won't win that. And then just it continues to go through here, plenty of them. Uh, comedy series Barry, that's one from HBO, or Max, I guess they're calling it now, that I would like to give a look. That is uh, Bill Hader's show that it just had its season finale or series finale 
recently. Ted Lasso, of course, everybody loves. That's up for comedy. And uh, lead actor in comedy series, Bill Hader Forberry. And it goes on and on and on from there. If you care, you already know or you'll look it up. So that's all I got for you for right now. Let's shift gears here to... So this is Bobcat Goldthwait on with some podcasts. They're talking over each other a little bit, so I'll apologize for that. And I, I wanted more of it, but they were talking over each other so bad. But basically, Bobcat Goldthwait has been picking fights with other comedians his whole career. And even in the 90s, he was going after Howard Stern and Jerry Seinfeld specifically and others with his kind of wacky overall shtick and uh, act, and it didn't sit well with Seinfeld. But this is Bobcat talking to this podcast about uh, the feud that he has with Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, where, did you start the feud? I was on Arsenio. That's where this whole thing This is a started. long time ago. Yeah. He's a spooky, weird Scientologist guy banging teenage girls. <laughs> well, my friend Bridget Everett was on his show, and then... He's like going, he's not funny. And Bridget's like, well, I love him. Yeah, and he's a friend of mine. And she's like, well, yeah, I know. And she re he really makes Bridget squirm. Right. It's really weird. And she goes, well, I love him. And he's like, it's good that you love him because audiences don't love him. They love me because I got talent and I got skills. Oh. It's really weird. And then he laughs like, <laughs> I was like, Steinfeld finally has an opinion about something. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's me. Your biggest talent is being Larry David's friend. Boom. Wait, uh, this is on stage? <laughs> no, this, this is what I said. Right, 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 right. I was like, uh, uh, I hear the new season of your show is going to be called uh, Old Comedians in Vans Handing Out Candy in Playgrounds. <laughs> so they talk over a little bit. The old men in vans delivering candy to playgrounds. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. So whoever Bridget Everett is, I'm guessing she's a comedian, was on the uh, comedians getting, wait, comedians in cars getting coffee and this was Seinfeld's response to uh, all this uh, Bobcat Goldthwait uh, hate towards him over the years. I don't like him at all. Oh, no. At all. In fact, I have a particular feeling about him. I had kind of forgotten about him. And then there was a little article about him in the paper. And even in that, there was a veiled reference to his dislike of what I did. He used to rail against comedians because they weren't as wild and dangerous yeah. as he yeah. was because he sucked. <laughs> okay? He wasn't funny. Yeah. And that's why he didn't get anywhere. Because in comedy, yeah. nobody gives a f yeah. If you're cool, if you're lame, yeah. if you're funny, you win. Yeah. If you're not funny, you yeah. don't. And yeah. he's not funny. That's why he had to do that stupid f voice because you have no f act. And that's why he didn't like me, because I could actually do it. I well, can do it. I can do comedy. Yeah. Uh, he can. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They're both not entirely wrong, and I love them both. So we'll just leave those right there. And this has nothing to do with either of those. It is Henry Rollins on with Howard Stern bashing you 2 which I think is hilarious cause, because I really dislike the band U2. This is today's coolest thing. In his band, he has the weakest rhythm section ever known in a multi-platinum band. The drummer can't drum, the bass player can't play, the guitar player has one riff. Right. The singer 
is this utter buffoon who should be in a bar just crooning and the new album that which you leave behind is the most tired adult oriented crap i've ever heard since the last sting record and when you have to write a song like when i look at the world it says hello i have nothing left to say so so do you despise a guy like that more than let's say like an in sync or britney spears at least they're up front with what well, they are i got no problem with Britney Spears are in sync, really, just because that kind of stuff has always been around, and, pop they're not, music. and they're not calling it anything more than just some fun. That's why I didn't mind the Spice Girls. They're just fun. Right. But Bono thinks he's changing the world with his music. He thinks he's Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah. And and it's that's so good, because, I mean, I don't. I, it's probably unfair to say that the drummer can't drum and the bass player can't can't play bass and the edge only has one riff but he's not uh mistaken when he says they're not making very important music and they they might have like three or four songs that are actually somewhat important and outside of that it is exactly what henry rollins just explained this is old school rollins band the song is called disconnect taking us out coming up next this new uh social media threads well spoiler as i've already done it's completely useless but how does it fit into the social media landscape and where did the social media world come from where did it go and where might it be going i'll take a look at that coming up Stone on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. With threads, a pale and mostly flaccid knockoff of Twitter run by the man who preceded Musk as the most unpopular tech bro in the world, crossing the 100 million users threshold overnight. Mark Zuckerberg's new site. Oh, this is nice. Does it do anything? No? Maybe it'll do something later. Sign me up. It exceeded 75 million users by Friday, 90 million on Saturday night, and based on the account serial numbers appearing on Instagram shows no sign of slowing down as it barrels past 100 million, all since coming online last Wednesday night. This is a Crackers song called Show Me How This Thing Works. I thought it fit here. Show me how this thing works. And when it comes to threads, there really is nothing to be shown uh, how that it works. It is a, um, a Twitter clone. It is another example of how what is now referred to as meta the parent company of facebook it is another example of how this tech company is the most uh, uniqueless most uninspiring and really talentless overall tech company the biggest in the world with billions of users and billions of dollars and i've gone on and on about this over the years that they just take whatever is working elsewhere, and if they can't purchase it like they did with Instagram, they just copy it and steal 
what appears to be just taking intellectual property. I, you know, I don't understand the laws of the land when it comes to big corporate world and tech. I sure as hell don't understand antitrust laws because they seem to not even exist anymore. And so I'm not going to begin to understand where the law falls here on just blatantly plagiarizing other people's work. But that's what this company does. And they do it well. So if they do anything well, it's that. And the only thing, well, the two acquisitions they made that have worked out very well for them was first, the WhatsApp. I don't really know anybody who uses it. I'm sure many people do. It's kind of integrated into your phone and takes over your messaging rather than your regular text messaging. And overall, does appear to be a very good service to encrypt and to uh, secure your messaging and um, and from just your text messages to your emails to everything else. It looks like that is a pretty good product. I'm not real sure why I've never really used it. I mean, I have signed up. I have sampled it, just like I have virtually all of them. But I, I don't use it. But it does appear to be a good product that they have. And then their acquisition of Instagram, which is nearly 10 years ago now, probably more like seven or eight, when it happened, everybody kind of rolled their eyes, me included, and thought, what the hell are you doing? You're paying a, a billion dollars for an app that just shows pictures? What are you doing? Well, they knew what they were doing, and that was a good acquisition, and they have actually turned Instagram into a very viable social media, a very good product, but all the while, the same deal, cloning and plagiarizing other apps. The most effective of stolen IP that they have is the stories function on Instagram. I love that about Snapchat. It's the only thing I liked about Snapchat, and I love it on Instagram. It's the most fun part of social media. If it's done well, if it's done um, in any kind of uh, cohesive way, it's a very enjoyable way to see how somebody has spent their day or spent their afternoon or their weekend a lot of people just throw random crap and to see if it sticks to the wall like everything else in social media. I pride myself on making very, very good stories. They're literal stories. They start, they have a middle, and they end. It's not just, hey, check this out. My cat's hilarious today. I do that nonsense on, on Snapchat, and about 20 people see it. So, um, you know, so Instagram is fine. But this Threads thing is nonsense, and I'll get to more of that here in a minute. Well, no, I'll start right here. Instagram Threads surpasses 100 million users. It handily beat ChatGPT, which is something I still have not spent any amount of time on. Any of the AI stuff in the ChatGPT, I, I have not uh, sampled. But it has beat uh, them to 100 million, and it's according to Cloudfare, the Cloudfare, whatever that is, CEO, Twitter traffic is tanking. This is from TheVerge.com. I don't know that that's accurate, that Twitter traffic is tanking. But I do know that Twitter is um, it is a sewer. Absolutely it is. But it's still a much better way for immediate information. And it is light years a better app than this dumb threads thing. Which, again, I'll get back to that here in a minute. And some of the amazing uh, posts from my... Uh, my, my feed, my wall, if you will, earlier today. But where did all this come from? Where do we start from to get to where we are today with the present-day social media? And it really started a lot earlier than I, even I realized. And this, A lot of these uh, 
Google searches I went through talk about the 70s and 80s and Morse code and all the uh, a lot of jargon that's a little bit boring. But it all led it to to AOL and chat rooms and message boards and all those kinds of things. The bullet board systems, which just effectively are the message boards, started in 1978 but didn't catch on until modems increased speeds and really took off in 1992 with America Online. I was on Prodigy, if you remember that, before America Online. My father had everything first, or at least within my orbit, cell phones, technology advancements, televisions, whatever it is. We had the newest innovation pretty much all the time. And so I was on message boards on Prodigy before I was on message boards with AOL. And then by 1997, Instant Messenger was a standalone service that was free. So the minute counting and all the things you'd get in the mail, those are finally gone. That turned into the social media networks that, towards the end of the 20th century. A bolt and six degrees are what are considered the first social media networks in 1997. I was 17 years old then. I didn't know what those were. I had never heard of them until today. But message boards then turned into blogging, which became a big thing for a little while with Open Diary in 1998, which I am familiar with that. Later on uh, in 1999, Live Journal, which I did play with a little bit at 19 and 20 years old. Friendster came around in 2002, didn't last very long, but it was a really new concept at the time. It did not last that long because it didn't do it that well and it couldn't handle the traffic that it was getting. And then comes along MySpace, which completely obliterates it and becomes the most popular website in the world for a few minutes anyway. LinkedIn comes in in 2003. That's one of the few I've never used the one, you know, to try to get jobs, and it's basically your resume online. I've never even signed up for LinkedIn. MySpace in 2003 absolutely exploded, and boy, do we love us some MySpace. Uh, us at that time would have been 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 years old. Facebook launches in 2004. It's mainly a thing just for, you know, college kids in the Ivy League. And then it pushes further to all universities. And then what was it? Probably around 2006, it became open to everywhere, to everybody, and then just kind of started to take over the world at that point. Flickr was the first photo sharing app. I did, well, it wasn't an app yet. It was a website. I used Flickr to store all my photos in the uh, mid-2000s. Reddit was first on board in 2005, and it has really held on to a very dedicated and loyal fan base all the way till today. It is still very, very popular. I have a Reddit account. I look at it sometimes. I use it when I need to do any kind of research because it is a good place to do that. The problem is it's there's so much... It, it's so primitive, really. Like, they have not overly advanced the interface of their platform, yet it still remains so popular. It's like digging through the weeds, to me, to try to find much. So I still use it, but not a hell of a lot. In 2006, Twitter comes along, and it really um, it takes all the models that have already been used but it was really the first one to be primarily phone, mobile-based, not only, but, but primarily real-time, real information in, in what they would call a micro-blog. 
I don't think it's really all that much of a micro blog anymore. It's just a information source. And at this point, there was just a tech boom as mobile phones were starting to become little mini computers. We call them phones, which is actually pretty preposterous. Hey, uh, I got my phone. No, it's not a phone, man. It's a computer. I don't know why we still call them phones. Tumblr comes on along in 2007. A, a, the the um, the king of the published blogs uh, of the world. If you weren't on Tumblr and you were blogging, then you weren't really doing it right. It's uh, I guess it's still running. I'm not really sure. They ended up started going in and taking out a lot of the adult content and really started to censor what people were putting on there, and it kind of fell off uh, a cliff. I think it still exists, but I'm not sure. I have never heard of this one until just this week. Sina Weibo, China's answer to Twitter, they still currently have 582 million users. They launched in 2009. Never heard of it. Pinterest. Took me a while to come on board with Pinterest, but it is certainly a fun, um, I barely consider it a social media. It's a fun place to waste time. I still think that it is. Instagram launched in 2010 and was purchased by 2012 by Facebook for a billion that I talked about earlier. This one, most people don't use. I have used it a little bit. Uh, Q, I don't even know how you say it. Q-U-O-R-A. Q-O-R-A? Q-O-R-A? It is basically an ask questions website slash app. It came around in 2010. I think it still exists. Um, yeah, 300 million users still to this day. Snapchat in 2011 was all the rage with kids for sexting and all the secret of nature. It's really actually a terrible, terrible uh, app for uh, young people to have. I use Snapchat every single day, but it is just for nonsense and for a very small amount of an audience. And it's audience is even the wrong word. Just a select few people. And uh, it, Facebook tried to purchase them, and they did not sell. I have a feeling they probably regret that. Telegram uh, in 2013, I still use Telegram. It is a, I guess it's a mixture of message board and Twitter combined. It is not at all regulated. It is very encrypted, and some really seedy stuff goes on on Telegram in case you need a place to maybe go do those kinds of things. Also, Discord, same kind of thing. They uh, emerged in 2015 as mainly a gaming app at the time, and it is now far beyond that. I use Discord not every day, but pretty regularly. The chat rooms, the uh, connectivity is crystal clear connections. It is um, mostly used by younger people for gaming. I don't know if primarily, but it's used for countless things, and many of them are really bad things, like people to organize rallies against the Capitol or, you know, Russia to use it for their strategic moves before they, you know, invade Ukraine. All these things are done on a lot of these encrypted apps. And then, of course, TikTok comes around in 2017, and you all know how I feel about TikTok. I absolutely love it. Clubhouse in 2020, I don't know what that is. It looks like it's just primarily chat rooms that are mic and voice activated, so less typing and more just talking. Um, 10 million weekly active users as of two years ago. Never heard of it until the other day. And then a few of these that have come and gone. Google Plus, one of the few things that Google has ever completely failed on. Uh, Gmail was one of the biggest revolutions of email uh, well, not one of, it was the biggest. 
everything Google's done, they have cashed cowed like crazy, except for Google+. It didn't work, and I never signed up for it. Vine was a basically what TikTok is now, but it was six-second videos. Only six seconds. Came on uh, online in 2012. I did use Vine a little bit. It was fun. Twitter purchased it in 2013 and then shut it down in 2019. I never really understood that one. And then Periscope, we all thought was going to change the world. Periscope in 2015, it was a it was like Facebook Watch, Facebook Live. I guess Twitter has that uh, that ability as well. Every app that wants to have live video can do that and does do that now. But when Periscope did it, it was very novel and very exciting. Twitter purchased it, and then it went straight into the tank. So Twitter doesn't have a very good uh, track record all the way around, except for their actual app itself. And a few numbers here before I give you just some of these wonderful thread uh, posts that I've gotten here in the last uh, few hours. Online, this is all 2018 numbers. Online revenue, total, $107 billion. TV revenue, $70 billion. Radio revenue, 17 newspaper revenue 15 magazine revenue 20 billion that was five years ago i can't even imagine what to think or what i would think if i saw radio tv newspaper and magazine revenue i bet it's a tiny fraction of even that now and just some of the numbers 72 percent of all adults use some kind of social media 70 of U.S. adults 18 to 24 use Instagram. All these numbers are 70% or higher. Uh, 70% use Facebook. The point being, just about everybody uses some kind of social media and then enter threads. Now, the reason that they have 100 million users so quickly is because it's already integrated into Facebook and Instagram. So there's really no even signing up. You just basically tap, 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 and you're in, and it imports everything in. This thing is not a a new a information source, a news source, an entertainment, I guess entertainment source, maybe. It's completely aggregated and curated and based on algorithms. And I don't, this algorithm is drunk. It's out of its mind because I'm getting all kinds of trash that I have zero interest in seeing. And there's no hashtags, so if you want to join conversations that are outside of your normal orbit circle of usage, that's not a thing. I don't know who thought that was a good idea to do away with hashtags. But here's some of the ones that have just come up on my feed today. I am 30 AF. Well, first of all, I am 43, so I don't know why I'm getting an algorithm of of an account called I am 30 as fuck. Me looking at photos of myself in high school. 2000 fashion was the worst. I mutter to myself as I pull up my calf-length white tube socks and pull up my uh, and slip on my Crocs. Whoever Jenna Brown official is, don't let anyone else ruin your day. It's your day. Ruin it yourself. Christina Galabato. The best and easiest mental health hack is not using your phone for the first hour of the day. This is the riveting content that's coming from the Threads app. This is from just an account called Jesus. You are loved. You are chosen. You are valuable. You are a miracle. You are enough. What universe algorithm said that Brian Stone would like to see in his feed that post from an account called 
Jesus. How about another one that this out-of-touch algorithm brings me? From Shardimus. Heal because your triggers will masquerade as discernment. Ask God to give you the grace to prioritize your emotions with his word. And then the final one from Alexel. There's something really beautiful about finding your people after spending so much time in misaligned relationships. Nothing compares to being in relationships that are nourishing, loving, and authentic. Thanks, Threads. Thanks for absolutely nothing. What a waste, waste of time. So on the way out here, show me how this thing works. There ain't nothing to be shown on how Threads works. It's dead on arrival. So anyway, the Bobcat Goldthwait Show is the 19th of July at JJ's. And my buddy Ryan Darling and his comedy duo, Good Cop, Rad Cop, is opening the show. And I talk to Ryan coming up next. I was in bands in high school. Well, the first thing I ever did was I played trumpet in homeschool band in middle school. I think my parents signed me up to make sure I stayed a virgin. Oh my God. That is unfair, uh, man. That's an unfair start to life. So I played uh, instruments and then uh, I was in bands in like high school and like a little bit of college. And then I I was too much of a control freak to be in a band. (laughs) So I got kicked out of a band and then I was like, well, I don't have to answer to anybody in stand up. Uh, and so I just started doing stand-up comedy like 10 years ago or something like that. And then uh, I returned to music when COVID happened because <laughs> I, I had nothing to do. Hey, isn't that amazing? Ryan Darling, he hasn't even been on the show yet. This is Good Cop, Rad Cop. Let it play for a second. Read my Bible every single day, but I only read the verse where you're supposed to hate the gays. <laughs> I love my mama, I love my life. I love an ice cold beer with my hot blonde wife. We go mutton and she wears short jeans, and we never have to coexist with any minorities. It's a truck, jeans, it's a truck. The song is called Truck Jeans Beer Situation. Welcome back into the Stone On Air podcast. We'll waste no time. The Bobcat Goldwhite Show is the 19th of July at JJ's. And joining me now on the Stone On Air newsmaker line, if there was a list of best Instagram uh, handles, Ryan, yours would be on it. You don't have to call me darling. Ryan Darling, uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? It's been a little while. Glad to touch base with you. And the main reason is, is your uh, opening gig, uh, uh, which will be a little less than a week by the time this podcast airs for Bobcat Goldthwait uh, at uh, JJ's, which we'll we'll get to that here in uh, just a couple of minutes. But we haven't talked in a little while, and you're still pushing forward with uh, uh, with the good cop, rad cop thing, I know. Help me remember the difference. You have the, the cutthroat comedy. What What is that again? So cutthroat comedy was uh, a game show I ran for a while, and then it ended up kind of becoming a comedy production company kind of the, the year after COVID. I would just, like, have cutthroat shows that were – 
you know, I'd bring in good acts like Shane Torres, Eddie Pepitone, and that was all under that brand, you know, trying to get everybody there. But originally it was a, a really dumb game show, which mark your calendars now, folks. We're bringing it back. It's coming back, I think, November 20th. It's like a Tuesday night at the Barking Legs in late November. My dumbass game show is coming <laughs> back for one night only at the Barking Legs, and I, I couldn't be more stoked to be doing that again. Okay, well, so, cool. Good to know. And then, uh, and then of, of course, Good Cop, Rad Cop is your is 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 a duo. That that Ben Dalby, you worked with him before, but that's not who is Good Cop, and you're Rad Cop, correct? Well, actually, uh, we're both rad cops because there are no good cops. Oh, well, that's true. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, my uh, partner in crime is Dave Hanna. He goes by uh, Mr. I think it's uh, Mr. Hanna, or I think it might be David Hanna, GCRC on Instagram. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's my uh, co-partner. And this is primarily... Um a musical act but it's not mm-hmm. strictly right you do it's a little combination of stand-up music prop ish yeah. right it's mostly uh music right now we have we every i mean we do banter and like a little bit of crowd work and a lot of stuff during our act but yeah primarily i mean it's so funny to call it a band but primarily i would say it technically is a band it's the dumbest band ever, but it is a band. <laughs> so it so, is a band. So for you, what came first, music or comedy? Well, uh, I was in bands in high school. Well, the first thing I ever did was I played trumpet in homeschool band in middle school. Which, wow. Uh, to answer your question, I have had sex now. I was going to say, that's an uh, awful dorky thing to admit out loud. Oh, it is the most <laughs> dorky thing. I think my parents signed me up to make sure I stayed a virgin Oh, forever. my God. That is and, unfair, uh, man. That's an unfair start I, to life. Yeah, I, bro- I broke through, you know, <laughs> and I, I've uh, I've had sex, so that's pretty cool. I'm a cool guy. I've had sex. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I played uh, instruments, and then uh, I was in bands in, like, high school and, like, a little bit of college, and then... And I was a, too much of a control freak to be in a band. <laughs> so I got kicked out of a band. And then I was like, well, I don't have to answer to anybody in stand-up. Uh, and so I just started doing stand-up comedy like 10 years ago or something like that. And then uh, I returned to music when COVID happened because <laughs> I, I had nothing to do. Sure. Well, I mean, comedy, man, it is brutal, man. Like even mm-hmm. the worst band can still string together maybe a catchy hook and a song, right? And, like, yeah. all you got to do is wait for three minutes and get to the next one, and, and then maybe one of the bad bands will have an okay song. Man, comedy, if when that falls flat, I mean, that's got to be a terrifyingly lonely place to be. Yeah, I want to know anything about that. Oh, I'm really? hilarious and <laughs> Yeah, I've never bombed in my life. No, yeah, yeah. It's Dude, it's the worst. It, 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 it's, like, the worst feeling. And the funny thing is, it literally never stops. Like, you can see comics, like, I mean, I'm not going to say Bobcat's going to bomb. There's a, the, the chances of that happening are very slim. But I would say he he's probably not six months away from his last bomb, you know? Sure. So, I mean, that's, it happens to everybody, no matter how long you've been in it. 
which is really funny because, you know, there's not another profession where that happens. Like, you don't have, like, a surgeon bomb, you know. <laughs> well, you better not. You've been doing surgery for 20 years, you know. Yeah. But it happens to stand up. Like, it happens to pros all the time. And it's good for you. But, yeah, it, it sucks. It's really, it's it's a hard L for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, everybody who's, you know, who knows anything about it is, is, has thought of this before. Like, from when you compare a band, a working band and a working comic, I mean, a, a band gets to kind of do the same thing every night, right? It's almost like mm. you're kind of practicing while you're performing. And to a certain degree, I guess during certain stretches, you can too, but you got to consistently have new material or you're not even going to have a chance to bomb. Oh, yeah. You really don't want to be the guy getting up there and talking about, you know, kids being playing Pokemon because, you know, it's like that joke's like 40 years old, dude. Yeah. You know, like, so you don't, you got to stay kind of relevant and you also can't, I, I've, I've gotten lazy before on stage and just kind of gotten into autopilot and stand up and then being like, oh, I, I got to get my shit together because you really got to be in the moment. And sometimes you're just thinking, if you're not really in it, 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 uh, the audience can pretty much tell. Sure. Let's talk about that for a minute. When someone says that they're a comedian, do you sometimes look at them with like a slanted eye? Like, really? Are you sure? Like, what what do you consider a comedian? Somebody who's just if you were if you're a working entertainer. But I mean, we I, and the reason I ask this is we've got radio people in this town. From I'll just name okay. him Jerry Harvey, who is a working comedian. He's not funny. <laughs> he's not funny, but he he worked in it. We got asshole Brian Joyce, who's been saying this for a decade. Eric Foster, yeah. who's a friend of mine over at uh, Power and Brewer Media. Great dude, smart guy, calls himself a comedian Eric, as well. Eric is funny. Eric is okay, good. no doubt hilarious. Okay, Eric, good. I honestly think is one of the best stand-ups in Chattanooga, and a lot of people don't see him that often. But, dude, Eric has chops, and he's, yeah. That's, Eric's one of the strongest comics. He's so funny. That's good to know. I didn't want to. I, I I've never seen him perform, so I just I was putting him on the list of the radio guys that say they're oh, comedians. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, Jerry. Jerry will do good good in front of a uh, you know. Jerry will do good in front of the right crowd. A dumb crowd. Um, yeah, he's. I said, listen, I, I, I'm not trying to talk too much shit, but yeah, Brian Joyce can go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> and, and also, he's not fun. Like Brian is not funny at all. Oh, like, that's good. Uh, it's, I've been out at bars, like where he's been hanging out with like some girl way too young and they were talking to me and I'm, I could get them laughing and you could tell he was getting pretty upset because he can't, he's not funny. Well, so. I had to bring it up because I mean, anybody listens to this podcast, which is, you know, dozens, uh, or yeah. thousands, Hell depending, yeah. depending on which up? day. <laughs> What's up, the, the Stoneheads? <laughs> Depending on which day it is, but uh, you know this. I have a whole you know section of of Brian Joy's shit talking, so I'm all I'm yeah, all about that. Yeah. But but I mean, you you've been doing this for a long time. I does that. I don't want to use the word offend because that's just such a stupid word that's used too often. But does it annoy the hell out of you when you see this kind of stuff, or you just you know roll your eyes and move along? Oh, I mean, I've been around it since I started, you know, and so I mean, I just yeah, it's an eye roll. At this point, you just kind of go, all right, like, I know where these guys are in comedy, and I just, I generally, I go, I stay away from it, just because it's just not really my crew. It's, it's kind of very uh, phony. And yeah. I feel like a lot of comedy, like if you're not like up there, like actually being funny or being honest with yourself, if you're like a, just a genuine person, you'll probably be pretty good comic. If it's comedy, something you're interested in, but if you're kind of like a fake asshole, 
which is uh, Brian Joyce. Not, yeah, yeah, you're not, <laughs> not going to be very good on stage. Let's talk about this Bobcat show, man. I grew up with this dude. Yep. I loved him. A lot of people I know my age don't. Um, and a lot of people 10, 15 years younger than me never heard of the guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for this. How did this come together? I know in just a quick text thread with you over the last few days, you said you have a few dates with Bobcat. Tell me how that came together. Okay, so um, we do – so Good Cop, Brand Cop, and uh, even as a stand-up, I've gone to Asheville, North Carolina for the last, like, five years. Uh, and there's a production company, independent production company, called Model Face Comedy. And Melissa Hahn runs the whole thing. She's a one-woman operation. She is a – producer machine i mean unbelievable okay he's had all sorts of acts come through asheville just who know you work in comedy and you're good you know melissa okay so she hit me up and was like hey i'm trying to uh find a feature for bobcat for three days and she was like does good cop rat cop want to do it because like he had apparently heard of who we were and she like mentioned our name and he was like, Oh yeah, get those guys. And so that's wow. cool that he knew we existed. Hell yeah. It is. Um, that's really rad. Hell yeah. It and is. so, um, so yeah, so she hit us up and I was like, yeah, we would be honored to go on the road with him for like three days. So yeah, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina on the Tuesday before the JJ show. And then she was like, can you do Chattanooga? And I was like, absolutely let me hit up uh john shoemaker and she booked the date for bobcat and then thursday night we're at the bijou theater in knoxville so, so I, I was watching a, a bobcat stand up uh from uh, on hbo or now max and yeah. um it was from 1997 it was a bobcat stand up and it was absolutely hysterical but i've i've actually purposely stayed away from what he might have been doing in the last few years and i know he's worked on a lot of tv shows as voice work production i mean he does a lot more than just comedy over the last 25 mm-hmm. years what do yeah. we what should i expect or anybody who is going, what kind of show are you expecting? Or do you know that Bobcat's going to do it? Is, is it his old crazy voices and, 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 and that kind of persona? Or does he tell stories? Or I mean, I don't want to be totally spoiled, but I am curious. It's a little bit more like, I mean, he's some stories. I mean, it's, so Bobcat was one of the first. He came through Chattanooga maybe like 10 years ago. I think he played uh what was that room next to cheeburger cheeburger that like dinner theater place oh yeah 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 uh, yeah he it was a comedy club like one night a week that's right bobcat, it was bobcat did that room vaudeville like, cafe out. or something like vaudeville, that vaudeville that's what it was yeah so i saw bobcat at vaudeville it was one of the first professional comics i ever saw and i mean he murdered for uh, an hour because he's amazing but yeah, he did, you know, voices, he did like stories. He's just like a I mean, he's just a good he's just a great comic. So like whatever you're gonna get, he's not really changed all that much. It's a little less I mean, he's just older. Sure. <laughs> it's a little bit more um, I guess like poignant. I don't wanna say it's like smarter, but it's it's good. It's like it's really, really freaking good. He's like he has incredible instincts of a beautiful mind for things you would never think of to for comedy he really is a, up that alley and i mean he's he's really incredible sure i'm excited i am I'm, dude. I'm so excited i haven't seen him in 10 years so i'm i'm fired up dude i am too when i saw that you were opening i thought uh, that was super cool and we hadn't touched base in a while and i definitely want to talk to you appreciate you jumping on here 
Um, so I haven't been to the Bijou in Knoxville. I don't believe, or if I have, it was so long ago, I don't remember. Was it your influence with John? Because I know you do a lot of booking for JJ's to get him in such a small room. That's what I'm actually even more excited about is being in oh. that that dingy ass room. Yeah, we were looking at uh, we were looking at filling just a small small spot. Uh, one thing comics really love is we love a small cramped room. The smaller and the closer and more uncomfortable people can get, <laughs> okay. uh, the better it is for a comedy show. Like, if it's bad for a fire, it's great for a comedy show. Okay. So, like, uh, it, it's so you want like 70 people in a space that seats like 80, you know, or standing room for 80. And I mean, it'll be tight in there. Everybody will be laughing. It, it just, laughter's contagious. So, like, a small room is like comics love that thing. And so he'll, he'll go and I mean, He'll make, I mean, tickets are, I think, like 30 bucks. So, like, I mean, still with that, it's it's a good check for, like, a random Wednesday. But also, like, he doesn't need the money. Bobcat's, like, a great director and has, yeah. I don't know. I can't be like, he has no financial. I don't know what his finances are. <laughs> he might be broke as I, hell. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing better in comedy than fucking I am, yeah. you know? So, so yeah. Well, I, I've kind of outgrown the JJ's room, just meaning the the crowd, the the acts. I love John. You know, I mean, I yeah. used to go there all the time at a younger age. But I love it when he brings in something like like Jake the Snake years ago on his storytelling yeah. with DDP. Uh, Matthew Sweet from the musical side when he had him oh, in yeah. in the last five years or so. I love yeah. that, man. That is so. Yeah. I, when I saw if if this was at the Walker Theater, which that's an eight hundred seven hundred fifty uh, seat room, uh-huh. I don't know if that that room might be too big. I don't know. But if it was yeah. there, I don't know that I'd be that excited. But because it's at JJ's, man, the nostalgia, like I, I it's uh, the nineteenth, by the way, uh, July nineteenth. This will be about a little less than a week by the time you're hearing this to. Uh, Tickets by then might be gone. I don't know. What are we talking? They might be gone. I think they're pretty close to selling out already. Yeah. What are we talking on a on a capacity at JJ's? Like a hundred? I think we're selling. I think we're. I think it caps at seventy. Oh, because okay. like we want because I think we're going to bring in they're bringing in chairs so it, we're only going to have seats for seventy people. We might let a few more people in at the door in the back. But we really want as many people seated as possible. Sure. Because when you're sitting and you're more relaxed, you're going to be a better audience member. You're standing up for an hour and a half just laughing. It's kind of, it's a lot to ask of somebody's patience. So what's the bill, what's the bill look like on uh, Wednesday the nineteenth? It's you, uh, good cop, rad cop, and Bobcat. Obviously, is it? Just, is there a third? Yeah, uh, we have the host. So the host is my good friend Ashley Saturday. She's still uh, she's a Chattanooga comic. She's been doing comedy like seven years, maybe. Super funny. She runs. I used to run a weekly open mic there called Free Kittens every. Yeah, I remember uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, and so it moved to Thursdays, but she took the reins and she's running it now. Now that I live in Atlanta, she is doing wonderful things bringing in great comics if if you're listening to the show you can't see bobcat on wednesday go check out a, i hate to say go check out a comedy open mic most of them are ass <laughs> yeah. this one very very good uh, she runs a good show and the comics there are really i mean that room is so good that the comics there are really kind of forced to be more creative and so jj's is a, a incredible room for comedy we've had Kyle Kinane, Doug Stanhope, I mean, some really big names do a really small room because they love the room and they love the crowd. 
so uh and i mean a lot of that culture comes from uh jj's and ashley and the work i put in and uh, others before me yeah so seven o'clock is the start time uh you would suggest be there uh sharp i would say you don't want to be climbing over people while uh yeah get get it get there at at seven if call time is seven and doors are at seven uh yeah because it'll probably be seven and then probably show starts at I would imagine we're on stage by like seven thirty. Cool. You know, well, it's uh, usually pretty quick. I appreciate you ch- uh, chiming in with me here for a minute. I do want to. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned being in Atlanta. I thought I saw that just through uh, seeing how how you posted through socials that you were in Atlanta. Uh, that yeah. more on that two seconds. What about the scene though here in 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 Chattanooga? A lot of us t- have for twenty years have talked about the music scene. Is the music scene does it need? What does it need? What do we need to do to breathe life into it? Whatever the talking well, point is, whatever the head line might be what about the comedy scene because i don't ever hear that talked about is there even a comedy scene to begin with oh yeah yeah the the comedy scene uh, is very cool and i think it's finally starting to recover a lot from uh covid you know we had we had a hard time there with covid but we have some really funny comics a lot of the comics from chattanooga do a lot of traveling andrew ledbetter and jeff greenspan are always going out of i know yeah i know jeff greenspan yeah yeah so like and jeff runs i think it, it was at the boat but i think his carpetbagger comedy show moved to humanot right now uh, but it, i mean that show always sells out uh comics from all over the south new york comics i mean he, a lot of comics come to do that show that's a great show. I would highly recommend anybody go to follow Carpetbaggers Comedy on Instagram. Uh, Jeff Greenspan, funny yeah. guy, Andrew Ledbetter. I mean, but the scene is very good. It's small, but from the last time I was there, from just the six months I've moved, I saw some new comics that I hadn't seen before. And I mean, I think they're, they've got a lot of potential. So, I mean, it's, it's a good small scene. Dave and I did need to move because... We just, I mean, we were getting good work. So, like, Good Cop, Red Cop's oddly successful. So, like, we needed to move to a bigger town where we could kind of, you know, brandish more of that success. Well, you so, took you took my final question as I was going to wrap things up with what brought you Atlanta, you to Atlanta. You just uh, basically answered it. What is? I mean, I'm very familiar with the city. I've been going there off and on my whole life. How's it like living in that hellhole? Oh man, I could have, I, I should have moved 10 years ago. I, I absolutely oh, really? love it down here. Oh, I, I love it down here. But yeah, I mean, I love it. The comedy scene here is, I mean, I would say outside of New York and LA, it might be the best one in the country. It's incredible. We have such an insane pool of comics here that are so funny that, I mean, some of these guys you'll see on TV and are already on TV, but like we yeah. have an incredible scene here. Food's incredible. Uh, traffic, I, you know, just ride your bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I called yeah. it a hellhole, uh, you know, not yeah. completely oh, no, literally. I know. Yeah. It's yeah, just, no, it's just such a monster. <laughs> of, and all the things I used to love about it, like the ma- massive nature of it, I'm just turned into an old guy and it just annoys oh, me now. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's all it yeah. is. 
dude, I get that. I get that but, shit. Yeah, I I get mad that they, they don't have the masquerade anymore. You know, that that <laughs> that venue was awesome. The new masquerade sucks. Well, the new Roxy isn't exactly with the old Roxy either. So oh, I, I know. What is that? Is that next to the Braves? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Oh I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But it's you know, it's not. It's it. Yeah. I'm just being nostalgic guy. But hey, man, oh, all yeah. the all the luck to you down in ATL, and I'm gonna need a couch to crash on sometime here soon. So I'll yeah. be uh, I'll be bu- yeah. I'll be drunk calling you. Well, I don't drink anymore. Uh, but I'll be, uh, I'll get high and call you. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, th- thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, man. And we'll see you on uh, Wednesday the 19th, man. It's going to be fun. Sounds great. I'll see you Wednesday. He is one half of Good Cop, Rad Cop. It is Ryan Darling. They will be opening the Bobcat Gulfway Show July 19th at JJ's Bohemia. And that is it. I am out of here. Thanks for finding the show, as always, on the way out here with another Good Cop, Rad Cop tune. It is called Chatzilla, and I'll end the show with it right now. Thanks a lot. Talk to you again next week. Bye. Better stay away from Sir Goonies. Because I met Hulk Hogan there in 2004. He'll turn Rock City into rubble and obey that Ruby Falls. And he'll build a bear by candle down in Hamilton Place Mall. And the rich cut will be ridgeless And we'll know that it's the end When Godzilla takes the coke stage of River Bend When Godzilla comes to Chattanooga I hope he'll crash at the Moxie Hotel He'll be sure to kill at the Comedy Catch And slay at Alpine Railway He'll send Rick Davis straight on back to hell. He'll be sure to kill at the comedy catch and slay it out Pine Railway. Send that son of a bitch, Rick Davis, back to hell.